0: You're listening to The Plug, with Neil Griffiths. Alright, we're rolling. Hey everyone, welcome to The Plug Podcast, and thanks so much for listening to the first episode of 2022 and Season 2. It's going to be a big year, so before we kick it off, I do want to thank our new partners, Podshape, who have brought us on board for the new season and have been so great to us to get to this point. And of course, our good friends and official sponsor, Audio Technica Australia. From listening to your favourite records to even recording your own podcast, Audio Technica has an epic range of headphones, turntables and microphones to cover all of your musical and content creation needs. To celebrate the new season of the plug and Audio Technica are officially coming on board, we're giving away one of their brand new CK550 True Wireless in-ear headphones. These things are seriously awesome, I'm wearing them right now, and even I like how I sound. They sound incredible with all types of music, they offer great noise cancelling, and have 20 hours of playback without even using the charging case. To get your hands on a pair, simply head on over to audiotechnica.com. That's A-U-D-I-O dash dot com. Now, for the first episode of Season 2, I'm so stoked to welcome on the show two of America's best comics and actors right now, in Alana Glazer and Ike Barinholtz. Now, Alana, of course, is best known as the co-creator and co-star of one of the best comedies in the last 10 years, Broad City. And Ike has starred in so many great films and TV shows of the last few years, like The Mindy Project, Neighbours, Suicide Squad, Blockers, so many more. Alana and Ike came on the show to promote the new Apple TV comedy series, The After Party, which you can stream the first few episodes of right now. This show has a killer cast. As well as Alana and Ike, there's Tiffany Haddish, Dave Franco, Ben Schwartz, Zoe Chow, just to name a few. And it's co-created by Christopher Miller, who co-directed a bunch of brilliant comedies like Twenty One Jump Street, The Lego Movie, and Into the Spider-Verse with Phil Lord. Now, I've seen the first seven of eight episodes, and it's easily one of the best comedy series I've watched in a long, long time. So, be sure to check it out right after you listen to this. Here's my chat with Alana Glazer, and then Ike Barinholtz on the plug. Uh, Welcome to the Plug Podcast, Alana Glazer. Alana, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Neil.
0: How are you? We just discussed it is 6.30 in the morning here in Sydney, Australia.
1: Wild. I really appreciate it. Are you an early bird or not normally?
0: Not even kind of. Alana?
1: Yeah. Dude, neither am I, but I have a six-month-old and I'm suddenly like up at the crack of dawn acting like this has been my life forever. It's bizarre. I'm like, now I'm I'm up at six normally. It's uh, strange and sudden. But yeah, for well, me I... right now, it's two th- it's 2.30 p.m. So it's okay. chill.
0: Well, I, I was going to say, I was six months late to it, but congratulations on the baby. Oh, Very so exciting much. news. <laughs> She's um, still a baby,
1: so it counts.
0: <laughs> um, congratulations on the after party. Um, I binge watched seven of the eight episodes
1: Hell in the yes. last 48 hours. Awesome.
0: Um, holy shit, what a cast to start with.
1: Yeah.
0: So let's, let's just get the the benign question out of the way. How did this come across to you?
1: So I feel the same way, holy shit, what a cast. I I really, um, I can't believe it, I'm so excited. I see the poster and I'm like, that's, I'm in there, wow. Um, this came across to me, I, I uh, was, I got the scripts and I was really, um, really excited to be uh, in talks with Lord and Miller. And then the cast itself, I, I just could not, um, could not believe how stellar everybody was. And I love the script too. I mean, this was just really a gift. I I was delivered a gift with the after party and I took that gift. It was um, a pleasure. Like, and beyond the uh, masterful Lord and Miller and beyond these comedic geniuses, the script itself was so cool. I was really excited by this like challenge of the genre shifting. And it's almost like, it's such a good idea and so classic. It just, it almost felt like, I can't believe this hasn't been done before. It almost like was kind of done with Into the Spider-Verse, um, Lord and Miller's uh, film also. And they're so good at it. They're so, they're so sharp uh, as storytellers that they can do this genre shifting. Um, and as someone who's like written so much of my work to be able to j- jump in as an actor and then have this sort of high challenge was uh so appetizing i was like this is going to be delicious
0: i mean you mentioned that lord and Miller. the story goes that um you wanted to work with these guys for a long time as a writer yourself when you've wanted to work with these guys for a while you get the script how much of of the writer in you wants to critique that script or or give constructive feedback or do you just want to work with these guys so much it doesn't matter what the script is
1: Yeah, it was more like, I think just because I've um, wanted to work with them for so long and really love not only their body of work, but the diversity within their work. I was kind of just like ready to learn immediately. And I was so, so touched to learn how open and playful and welcoming of ideas they are. That was so cool to me. So I was like, let's see how much I can like learn and absorb and see how they run a set versus how I have in the past. And they, I just, I knew I was going to, um, take in a lot and grow from this, from the behind the scenes role, but in front of the camera, how playful, you know, Chris directed it. So it was like more one-on-one with him than with Phil, Phil and, and Chris were like really producing together, but with Chris to like play in this way, it wasn't really critique. It was more like pitches and um, pitches like, and he was so open to them. And I think because this cast is so funny and uh, creative and prolific themselves, you know, kind of like when I'm, when uh, I'm in a stand-up mode, it's always fun to be like, oh, what about this? Pitching people jokes and tags on their jokes. And I felt the same kind of energy on set where it was, possible to uh just kind of jam in that way everyone is open and and uh Chris and Phil really set the tone for that to be the case
0: it's really cool as well to see you back back on a comedy show um it's so hard to talk about this show without giving shit away but um, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. character obviously very funny but there are glimpses there like once you wrapped Broad City in 2019 you released your debut up special in 2020 and then False Positive came out in 2021 for those who don't know False Positive is a horror film you need to check it out there are a lot of similarities there uh, like a, there was like a lot of dramatic activity that was really creepy
1: and Isn't scary that wild i can't is believe how a- that how that came together where i had done this psychological thriller and that was actually helpful you know i co-wrote False Positive with mm. my co-writer who directed it John Lee and to have written it was really helpful i think to act in false positive and then to act as Chelsea in the after party just to um, have the experience of like creating that tension on the page helped me hold it inside of Chelsea when I was um, simply acting out this uh, energy.
0: Obviously wrapping a show as big as Broad City was um, and then yeah, you did the stand up, you did false positive Coming back to another big series like the After Party, was that a conscious decision from you to just step away from from doing any big comedy shows or films, or was that purely coincidence in what was going on at the time?
1: It was kind of, um, I mean, I guess the conscious decision was the conscious decisions were the stand-up special and False Positive because I made those and then when the after party sort of came my way it was excellent timing for me I was really excited to to do a comedy where I was playing with people you know stand up is so I mean it's solo but you're also playing with the audience but um it felt so it felt so good to be on such a team you know I hadn't I hadn't been in that role where I was like uh, you know Broad City we were captaining everything and wearing so many hats and it was Something else that I really wanted to do that I'm excited about in my future is also doing one role. That that was exciting to me after Broad City. And that was something I guess that was conscious regarding the after party is to just play one role, to take up the space of, of to take up less space and like learn how other people do those other roles. You know, like yeah. with, with Broad City, Abby and I did Oh, every role, you know, from start from conception to mix and color on Broad City. And it's, it's really exciting now to start gathering like diverse experiences before jumping into another project where we're doing all of, I, I'm wearing all of these hats again. It's like, mm. it's, um, it, it's nice to have that focus. Uh, and it's like helping me grow in new ways.
0: It's interesting. I was listening to, I don't know why recently as well, before this interview was even locked in, your podcast with Whitney Cummings, which I think was like March last year.
1: Yeah. And um,
0: um yeah. Yeah. And Whitney mentioned, like, asked you, is there a certain fear of being pregnant and falling behind in your career? And you said there is, but it might be just a feeling. Obviously, fast forward near 12 months now. You've got the mm, after party coming wow. up, you've got these stand-up shows, which I think you've just postponed until April. Yeah, we know you're working on an animated comedy Walltown USA with Abby Jacobson. Was were you right? Was that just a feeling? There is no falling behind here.
1: I think actually it's funny. Like today in my day of press, I've been talking about like one of the themes of the after party in this genre jumping device is that reality is so flexible and malleable, and our perspectives change. Uh, you know, from perspective to perspective, from your perspective of this podcast to mine, the reality is different. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about this sort of fear of falling behind where you let you say those one day I'm like, Oh man, I'm, am I where I want to be? Am I not even due to having a baby? Just like in general, I guess, who am I, who I want to be? And then the next day I'll be like, no, no, bitch, you got it. You are all lined up. You know exactly who you are, you know? And then when you like uh, say these these um, projects I have coming up, it's like, I don't even think of it that way. Um, it's just like, I'm swimming in it. I don't like step back and say, oh, I got this. I got this, I got this, which I think is kind of dangerous too, to to rest in that way. I kind of want to continue, Ooh, this is a long answer, but it's like, I kind of want to just like keep, stay in the creative energy, not think about like what I have or a cumulative list of things I've done, but really go back to my early days of how thrilling it was to be like, oh my God, I'm in the comedy scene. I'm getting up every night. I'm meeting all these comedians who ended up being like such successful um, stars in this industry. I, I really rather than look at, uh, my experience from the outside. I want to just stay with that titillating feeling of creating and playing and flowing with with co-creators.
0: I say this with all due respect as well, but I'm I'm kind of glad you postponed those shows because I'm coming to New York in April. Yes, so that works out for me.
1: Yay. Yeah, it was getting weird with Omicron. It's like on the yeah. edge here. I could have kept them, but it was just ugh, it felt weird together like hundreds of people it felt too weird so i'm so glad that you'll make them
0: i definitely will and just um a little note as well the malltown usa when is is that still early development or will we expect something this year maybe early next
1: um that's still in development but we've been uh working on the pilot animation takes so long but it's been another learning curve that i could learn a thing or two from lord and miller about that as well
0: awesome alana thank you so much for coming on appreciate your time and i'll see you in april
1: yeah, see you then. Bye Neil.
0: Welcome to the Plug Podcast. Ike Barenholz. Ike, thanks so much for coming on, man. Dude, thanks for having me, brother. How are you? How's your 2022 going so far?
2: Um, so far, uh so far it's not bad. Um we're having some early celebrity deaths. Never good. Uh we have Cindy Portier, mm-hmm. Betty White, Bob Saget, Bob Saget. Robert Durst from the Jinx. I don't know if you guys have the Jinx down there. He was a mm-hmm. murderer, so maybe it's not all bad. <laughs> but um uh no, yeah, no, everything's uh, everything's good. We're good, you know. Just trying to just trying to get ready to start a post-COVID life, I'm hoping.
0: Yeah. Well, I uh, do congratulations on the after party. I binged we got seven of the eight episodes, which is so fucking infuriating because <laughs> it's right before the end. And I don't know who fucking does it, but um, dude, congratulations! This is so damn good. Um, oh, dude, and thanks. Man. So we know the story goes that Lord and Miller actually wanted to do this as a as a film back in twenty ten. Yeah, and you were invited to be on a table reading, but you couldn't attend. What was the story there?
2: I just remember at the time I was doing, um, I, I, I wanna say I was doing the Mindy project and I was a huge fan of Lord & Miller. I think at that point they had already done 21 Jump Street. I was a fan of those beforehand, um, love Jump Street. And uh, I got this call like headed doing this, this thing and right away I was like, oh wow, high school reunion slash murder mystery. That is a great idea. That's just really never been done before so smart. And they were like, they want you to read one of these parts. Of the table reading, I couldn't go, and I was really kind of like bummed out, you know. But it was fine; it happens. But over the years, the subsequent years, I became friends with uh, Chris. And whenever we'd I'd see him, I'd kind of, you know, be like, hey, "What's what's going on with that? Is that uh, you guys? You guys doing anything with it? And then, yeah, maybe two and a half years ago, he reached out, I was like, "Hey, so it's happening." and you know would love for you to play Brett take a look at it and talk so talk about a buildup, right Hmm. you know what I mean like this thing that you really want to do for a long time and uh one day it happens and it gets sent to you and you read it and it's just so great like you're just like wow he just he just nailed it of course he nailed it and it was just the easiest yes I've ever had in my life I think
0: I spoke to Alana Glazer earlier today as well. And I wanted to ask you the same question because obviously you're a writer, a great comedy writer. You mentioned the Mindy Project. You co-wrote Central Intelligence a few years ago. When you get a script like this with people like Lord and Miller, with a cast like this, mm-hmm. does the writer inside you just want to throw your hat in the ring or do you just have blind faith that these guys know exactly what they're doing?
2: Oh, uh, absolute blind, blind faith. Like, just because I read it and I knew it worked. And then you know their story, you know, their history. And then you get on set and see how it's working. And you're like, oh, this is like a dream. I don't have to worry about shit. All I have to do is pitch jokes and like like pitch pitch stuff. I'm not worried that like, does this seem going to make sense? You know what I mean? Like, hey, I don't know if, it. why would this be, ha-? like, that's all figured out it's a real luxury to remove that stress when you walk to set and you're just like, Oh, all I have to do is think of like funny, funny bits for like me and Alana to do in the background of the scene. And, and it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's like to work with someone who has his mind who, cause this is, this is complex shit. You know what I mean? Like he'll come up to you and be like, Hey, you're doing this scene in you know this is episode you know four, so it's a horror. And in Alana's point of view, you're doing this, and you know. And then in the you know two hours later, totally different scene, totally different genre, totally different point of view. And to keep track of that mentally and be able to guide your actors so effortlessly, uh, it's just a, it's such a luxury, such a luxury to not have to worry about any of that shit.
1: Mm.
0: What about working with the ensemble that you do have? I mean, you obviously have experience on Mad TV, Mindy Project. You've you've done Suicide Squad. You've obviously worked with people like Rogan um, on Neighbors. Is there ever a fear that when you get such a, a massive name of 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 people in the one room that it can go to shit?
2: Um, <clears throat> I, I guess I guess it depends on the people. Like, I guess you could put together and. A murderer's row, or whatever, of 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 people, and depending on personality and ego, and who's in charge. Yeah, it could be a disaster. Um, you know, I think a having Chris in charge um, definitely has a no assholes policy, um, so you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And you know, a, a lot of these folks I'd worked with before, I'd done neighbors with Dave. Uh, Davy Franco I did I directed a movie where Tiffany Haddish was my wife I I had worked with John Early and Late Night with Mindy Kaling and then Emma Thompson and 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 then there are people who um like Alana who while I hadn't worked with her um I I like I'm obsessed with Broad City and I'm obsessed with her in Broad City and I feel like I totally understand like her world comedic point of view, and so it's just like it, it, it was uh, it was so so great to. And another big part of it is, is our natural excitement because this is the first thing we all shot coming out of quarantine. So like I have been at home with my family, which was great, but I, it, like I when I do bits to my daughters, they don't get them. You know what I mean? Like when I'm doing killer impressions, like killer Trump impressions and shit to my kids, they don't get it. So to be able to go and I dress my wife crazy. So to be able to go and you get to go to work with like just some really great comedic minds, John Early, you know what I mean? Like, like Tiff, like it's just, it was a real, real, real treat.
0: You've you've called Lord and Miller geniuses, and you don't use that word lightly. They don't. At the the risk of patting yourself too much on the back, what did they see in you? What did they want from you? Is it is it the comedic skills? Is it the improv skills? Was it the character that was just for you? Did they give you anything about why they needed you in this?
2: I mean, I think that, you know, going back to when they initially kind of can't reached out to the table reading once I read it and had full kind of had the full circle realization, like I think they were attracted to, you know, Brett's a guy who thinks he's high status but is low status. And I think that's something a world that I can execute kind of, you know, that's I think it's kind of my shtick, if you will. And so, um, you know, like when you look at Brett's episode, or when you if, you, if you look at it from the point of view of like, in Brett's mind, when he gets to the party, he has like this massive six foot six bouncer trying to stop him. And he does like an insane Steven Seagal ask. Maybe not Seagal. Maybe there's a little too much jumping on cars for Seagal. But like <laughs> a, a whatever, like a, you know, a Van Damme boring th- whatever and uh in reality he uh like punched a guy in the ear and ran away as quickly as he could and i think you know uh i i think because they know i can do that part funny I, they're, they're like okay well he we can make the cool part look palatable right. <laughs> so I, I i i think that's that's hopefully uh why they did it why they yeah. why they were always interested in me doing that
0: yeah well i mentioned right before we started that i've been a, a massive fan it was probably since the mad tv days and just seeing oh, seeing your evolution particularly in film like you know you started with the the disaster movies the vampire suck satire kind of movie <laughs> yes sure you've gone yeah. there to neighbors to writing central intelligence to suicide squad to to everything you're doing now like you've, you've just wrapped a series of woody harrelson right which is a drama series
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe dramedy. Maybe dramedy. dramedy. It's, it's, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. I mean, <laughs> drama. It's 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 a drama. It's a drama. It's a drama, but like it's very very funny. Um uh but that's very kind of you to say and you know, I've been very very lucky uh uh you know uh to to uh, be able to kind of get to do a lot of these things and you know just very very lucky to a lot of this is kind of the people you meet along the way like if it wasn't for you know, Danny McBride kind of taking a chance on me, you know, a long time ago. Mindy Kaling would have never met me, and I would have never met Seth Rogen, you know, all that. So it's just like, it's really just kind of fortuitous moments. So a lot of luck. Um, but I've been very lucky to kind of get to uh, exist in this world.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the other thing you have come up as well is the unbearable weight of massive talent, which, yes, correct me if I'm wrong, what it says on the tin is it's Nick Cage playing a fictionalized version of himself, and you play yeah. Tiffany Haddish's boyfriend in this.
2: No, not you're mostly right. Um, it's I don't know how much of it is is out there. I think the trailer's out there though. The trailer's yeah. out, right? There's a teaser the at least. Out. There's a teaser. Yeah, yeah. This movie's wild, man. Like I, I've been a huge, huge fan of Nicholas Cage's like ever since. Uh, I remember I saw Peggy Sue got married. <laughs> and I remember I was, I was like eight years old, and and like you just like you see him in that movie's like, oh Peggy, you wrote you so hot, and you're just like, who the fuck is this freak? And I just always have been just kind of obsessed with him. And uh uh he, he yeah, they, they 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 made this movie where he plays himself and he uh basically gets part goes to uh he goes to uh stay with a guy who's made possibly has a shady criminal background and i don't want to get too much away just because i don't know how much is out there but it's it's wild and he is he's great like he is like so on top of it on set like he's just like he like knows his lines he knows your lines like he's like, like like so precise you think like he's nick cage brother's like shows up on like a motorcycle and was like I'm ready, i'm ready but like no he's like very like meticulous i was just very uh impressed by uh how prepped he is it's awesome
0: who's more physically intimidating him or john cena um i mean probably
2: you always gotta like god it's tough it's it's Cena, obviously, physically is a, a, a horse. Like, he's an actual horse. <laughs> he's a horse man. He's a centaur. John That's is a good. centaur. Sure. He is a, he is out of control. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. Nick's pretty tall, too. And he's he's uh, kind of, I guess, more unpredictable. So, I, I, and Cena's so, like, nice and, like, kind. Not that Nick's not. If I had to pick one in a fight, I would probably ultimately pick cena yeah just because he can like squat like 650 and like, like cold he could walk in drop a 650 yeah. like back squat cold walk off eat like seven chicken breasts go like learn some some mandarin yeah. you know knock out like three charity events that night and be <laughs> on set for fast 10 by 6 a.m
0: god bless that man what what have you um what have you got coming up outside of those two projects? Obviously, the after party is going to be rolling out weekly. Um, are you writing anything new? Are you are you going to be um starting? Yeah, we're actually.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, we have White House Plumbers. I'm not sure when that's coming out, and I think uh, Unbearable weight comes out in March. But we're uh, we actually have been uh, the last five six months hard at work we are uh partnered up with a, a, a young up-and-coming uh, comedian named mel brooks and we sure. are doing uh a, a tv adaptation of his famous movie history of the world part one wow.
0: okay um
2: so yeah that has been the the focus for for quite a while and It's it's going great, and we are very excited. to. We're doing eight episodes of it for Hulu. And uh, my partner, Dave, and I, we partnered up with Wanda Sykes and Nick Kroll, the great Nick Kroll. And we are uh, hoping to get that out there. I'm not sure when, but maybe by the end of the year. But if not, for sure, uh, early uh, 2023. But that's going to be the big old fun.
0: You talk about being intimidated by someone like Nicolas Cage. Mel fucking Brooks.
2: Yeah. He's like the sweetest man, you know, like obviously we're, we're zooming uh, these days as is uh, most everything, but you know, when he pops on and, and uh, you know, he's pitching jokes and telling the stories and it's the dream. You're just like, this is not in my life. This is crazy. Like, yeah. um, you know, I grew, I was just been such a huge fan of her since I was like three years old. So it's 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 crazy when he pops on and pitches a joke and a sketch that you wrote and then tells a story about working with Sid Caesar.
0: It's just, it's uh it's
2: really it's a
0: blast, man. Yeah. Well, dude, I can't wait to see that as well. Um, congrats again on the after party. It was great chatting to you and um good luck you with too, the brother. with the new project, man. i Can't wait to see them all come out.
2: Hey, man, cheers. Great talking to you. We'll do it again.
0: Thanks, I appreciate it, man. Later, brother. The after party is streaming now on Apple TV. The plug is proudly presented by Podshape and sponsored by Audio Technica Australia. Subscribe, rate, and review the plug on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on Instagram and YouTube at The Plug with Neil Griffiths and on TikTok at ThePlug.podcast to stay up to date with episode releases and giveaways.